is your first time here, we are so glad you're here. Uh, we've been talking about a series called Spiritual Warfare. Uh, if you got your Bible, we'll go ahead and jump right into it. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. He says, For though we walk in the flesh, <clears throat> we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not fleshly, they're not temporary, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So God has equipped you with the things you need to pull down the strongholds of your life. Well, what are those strongholds? Well, this is a stronghold. No, he tells us what strongholds he's talking about in the next verses. He says in verse 5, he says, casting down what? Imaginations. So the strongholds that you have are the thoughts that come into your own life. My biggest enemy, folks, everybody listen here. My biggest enemy is not the devil. Try that over here. My biggest enemy, Amy, is not the devil. It's me. It's these imaginations. It's these things that keep me bound, that keep me caught that keep me ensnared he says casting down imaginations oof, and every high thing that exalts itself against what the knowledge that you have of God against the knowledge of God <coughs> and bringing into captivity what every thought God wants you to control your thought life that's where your battle is going to be won. That's where it's going to be lost. That's where you're going to struggle is in that area of your thought. He said, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now, flip real quick to Ephesians 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Oh, thank you, Lord. So much good stuff already. Finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and rulers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Therefore, take to yourself the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand. Therefore, stand. And we've already covered this one. Having your loins girt about with truth. What is truth? Truth is what God says about you. The word says, Romans says, let God be true and every man a liar. Amen. That means even you. <laughs> And your thoughts about yourself can be a lie. Ooh, I'm going on. Having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate, the thing that covers your heart, is the righteousness of God. Having your feet shod, not your sheet, your feet. Having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace Above all, take the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked and stand I mean, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. 
praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching this very thing, watching to this very thing with all perseverance and supplication to the saints. Go back to verse 15, please. And having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And so as we look at that, I want you to understand, we, we saw that when he says, gird up your loins, it means, and, and Peter even says, gird up the loins of your mind. So we know he's talking about our minds. And when you gird something, you take it up and you tie it up so that you can freely move. We, they're talking about having your feet shod. It means that they, they buy the, to bind them up, basically to tighten your shoe real tight. But it, 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 and, and I thought about this and I thought about a horse and Elizabeth could probably tell me more about shoeing horses than I could. Uh, why do they shoe horses? Well, they, they shoe horses for a few different reasons. Not all horses have to be shod, but when they shoe a horse, a lot of times it's for its own protection. It protects their feet. It keeps them from experiencing some, certain types of ailment. It helps alleviate certain types of pain that they can have in, in their hips and things like that. They sh they, they'll shod a horse so it can do its job. It helps give it a footing. It helps... Help, uh, handle rough terrain it, 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 it's for and it's even used for the grip for stopping and then I thought about okay what's Paul referring back to well he's talking about Roman footwear and 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 how it is and I thought maybe we don't understand what Paul was really talking about of tying and binding and having a sure footing in peace and I think it's because we've missed certain parts of this. What's he say there? And having your feet shod with the preparation of the what? The gospel of peace. What is gospel? Thank you. I'm going to say, if this, any church should know what gospel means, it should be this one. Gospel is good news. So he's saying to bind your feet, make sure you have a sure footing on the good news of peace. Well, what is the good news of peace? The good news of peace is Jesus. The good news of peace is God. The good news of peace is, see, when I feel like I should be falling backward, I remember I have the good news and it's a sure place to stand on and I don't lose ground and I don't lose footing. You see, this big battle that's in your mind, if you don't understand there's some peace, you're always going to start sliding backward. D.L. Moody said this. He said, a great many people are trying to make peace, but that has already been done. God has not left it for us to do. All we have to do is enter into peace. <laughs> Folks, peace is not something we have to work on. Peace is something that was already provided. The cross of Calvary provided peace. And I thought, okay, where are we going to struggle mostly with the good news of peace? One, it's going to be when we hold the Bible in our hands and we somehow think we don't live up. Reese is going to chase me today, I feel it. <laughs> that camera back there is working. The first thing I want you to understand about peace is you have peace concerning the law. 
Go to Romans chapter 7 verse 4. Romans chapter 7 verse 4. Uh, 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 I'm reading out of the expounded Bible. He says, the same way, my brothers and sisters, you, everybody say me, died to the law through the body of Christ. You see, I can make sure I've got a sure foundation in peace is because when I hold the law in my hand and I look at all that old old covenant stuff, I don't look at it as a judgmental thing. I look at it as it was completed in Christ. It was done in Christ. And therefore, when God sees me, I'm now dead to the law because of what Jesus did. And I can make a sure stand when the enemy says, you don't let measure up. You don't come close to measuring up. I can plant my feet and say I've got gospel of peace that in Christ I have died and I can't be moved. This happened that you might belong to someone else. Well, well. The one who was raised from the dead. And so, we might be used in service to bear fruit for God. (coughs) Excuse me. Haven't done that all week, Ruth. When we were controlled by... Now, now what's it say here? When we were... Everybody say were. were. That's a past tense word. That means you're not anymore. When you were controlled by your sinful nature, you're not controlled by sinful nature anymore. Why? Because that man died in Christ. He died to the law. He is at peace with the law. There is no law. Jesus fulfilled the law and all he left for you and I to do was enter into the blessings that came from fulfilling it. So that when you were controlled by our sinful nature, sin desires, stirred up by the law, were at work within us. So the things we did were bringing death. But now. Say that one. See, that's where you're at now. See, if you want to have a sure footing, you have to have the good news of peace tied around, tied around your feet. Where you don't live in the were, you live in the but now. You don't live in what used to be. You don't live in who you used to be. You're not identified by what you were. You're identified by Christ and Christ alone. You are dead in, in Him. You are dead to the law. Amen. But now, we have been what? Freed from what? The law. You've been freed from, oh glory to God. And since we have died to that which held us like prisoners, so now we serve God in a new way. way. In the power of the Spirit and not in that old way with written rules. Do you realize how free you are? Oh yeah, no, I I wonder. I'm going to tell you how we know we're not free. 
Because we still don't act like Colton did up here this morning. <laughs> Why? Because we're worried about punishment. We're worried about these things coming down on us. And Christ has told us here that you died with Christ. Through Christ, the legal requirements of the law have been fully met. There are no more requirements for you and I to meet. Jesus, as man, took on what man could not himself perform. And so Jesus comes and he does it as man because he knew we were felt So we're no longer under a law because Christ has paid that debt. Go to Colossians chapter 2. Oh. Colossians chapter 2, uh, again, I'm reading out the expanded. If you don't know what the expanded Bible is, it breaks down the definition of a lot of words. That way I don't have to define them. They're defined in the scripture. Colossians chapter 2 verse 11. In Christ you are also circumcised. But not with circumcision done with hands. It was the circumcision of Christ which cut the way the power of what? Your sinful nature. Your sinful nature is already dead. Your sinful nature you were living by. Your sinful nature through Christ has been cut away. Folks, realize you are free. Sin doesn't even have a hold on you. Yeah, but why do I sin? I don't know. You don't have to. It's not driving you. It's not controlling you. It's not pushing you. Christ has already cut that away. You're trying to resurrect a zombie. Right? That's what we call it around here. Your zombie nature. It's dead. It's already been cut away. Oh. So Christ's circumcision cuts off the flesh the power of our sinful self. But when you were baptized, you were buried with Christ and you were raised up with Christ. You realize everything that Christ did, he did with you in mind and in his mind, it's the same as you yourself doing it. <laughs> okay. You were raised up with him through your faith in the power working of God who raised up Christ from the dead. When you were dead, past tense words again, that means you're not dead anymore. Because of your sins and because you were not free from the power of your sinful nature, God made you alive. He did this before you even had a chance to determine whether you wanted him to do it for you or not. <laughs> while you were dead in sin, Christ died for you. So, so while you were dead, still in your sinful nature, God made you alive. Because, yeah. He made you alive with Christ, and what did he do? And he forgave your sin. Amen. Amen. I didn't even ask him to. <laughs> How dare he? 
He's just God. Last time I checked, he could do what he wanted to do. He, did, he, didn't, need, he didn't need my uh, 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 approval anyhow. Stay with me. Look at verse 14. Oh, I love verse 14. And he canceled, wiped out, erased the record or the certificate of debt which listed all the rules we failed to follow. He canceled your debt out. He took it all away. With its decrees that were against us, the record of sins revealed through the Old Testament law, he took it away, he set it aside, he destroyed it, and what did he do? He nailed it to the cross. <laughs> You're free from the law. The law has no more hold on you. Now, if you was raised like me, you always wondered, am I good enough? Am I doing enough? Am I praying enough? Am I reading enough? Am I doing, you know, work it out, work it out, work it out. How many times you heard that scripture? Yeah. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I don't have to work out my salvation. That's take care of. What I have to work out is my, yeah. noggin. my noggin. <laughs> so we can never really have a sure footing to have our feet shod with the preparation if we don't understand the gospel of peace in my life concerning the law of God. It gets better. It gets better. Not only do you have peace from the, with the law, but because of Christ, you have peace with God. There's no more trying to work out peace with God. You have peace with God. Go to Romans chapter 5. This kind of stuff will get you in trouble. You know why? You know where it gets us in trouble? Is because we have the arrogance. Oh, this is really going to get me, Ruth. I may have to go to New York with you and Greg. You got room for me, Greg, in that motorhome? <laughs> it gets us in trouble because we have the arrogance to think that it is something we do that makes us right with God. Like somehow Christ's death on the cross somehow didn't cover it all. And so what he's doing, he's waiting on me to get my end straight because he somehow didn't do it. Because that's what we've been taught. All of our lives measure up. Fear the rapture, fear this, fear that, because nobody, you don't really know. <laughs> oh, come on, I'm getting myself in trouble. Romans 5.1, since we have been made right with God, not trying to be made right with God, I'm not trying to make myself right with God anymore. You mean you just do anything you want to do? Didn't say that either, so don't put that in my mouth. <laughs> Come on. It doesn't give me the freedom just to go out here and do things that's hurting my life and everybody else's life. Come on. But in God's mind, he says, since we have been made right with God, declared righteous, justified 
by our faith, we have peace with God. This happened through our Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing I did, Scott. Had nothing to do with me at all. I am at peace with God for every, because of what Christ did. It was not my works. It was not me giving up this or giving up that or not doing this or not doing that or growing my hair this way or tying it up another way. It wasn't the fact whether I've got holes in my ears or ink in my skin. It has nothing to do with any of that. It's Christ and Christ alone. And when he did it, it was enough. And I don't have to do anymore. He has made me right with God. He has set me at peace with God. And now I just get to enjoy our relationship. Verse two. Through whom we have access by faith to God's grace that we now enjoy. I love this. And we are happy. Yes, Christians, I said you should be happy. (laughs) We are happy. We ought to be the most giddiest, goofiest. Why? Because I have access to grace. I have access to grace. And it had nothing to do with me. He gave it to me for free. All I had to do was say, yes, I want it. And he said, good, here, take all you want. That's as hard as it was. Through whom we have access by faith to God's grace that we now enjoy. And we are happy because of the hope we have of sharing or experiencing God's glory. Romans 5, verse 8. We're going to go short today because I want to get some people wet. (laughs) Romans 5, verse 8. But God shows, demonstrates, proves His great love for us in this way. Christ died for us while we were still sinners. His death and and, and his righteousness being poured out had nothing to do with me. Lord our God. I'm telling you, when you finally get that, you understand what real freedom in Christ is. Well, you're just free to do anything. Listen, this great grace It's freedom from sin, not freedom to sin. (laughs) It's freedom from all of it. We got to understand, it doesn't have hold on us anymore. It doesn't tie you down. It doesn't control you. It doesn't, you're not forced to do anything that you don't want to do because that old part of you has been cut away. Okay. Verse 9. And since we now have been made right with God, when have I been made right with God? Now, thank you, whoever that was. Got one person who got it. Since we have now been made right with God, 
declared righteous, justified by what? His blood. Not your sacrifice, not anything you gave up or decided to quit doing. <laughs> you are made right with God by His blood. Mm. How much more shall we be saved through Christ from God's anger? While we were God's enemies, what's that word were? Past tense again. While we were God's enemies, he made us his friends. Reconciled us to God through the death of his son. Surely, now that we are his friends, have been reconciled, we, he will save us through his son's life. And not only that, but now are we also so very, there's that word again. Folks, you're not getting out of it. We are so very happy. We are so very happy. Also, we rejoice and we boast. Folks, this life, this thing that we call salvation, if it doesn't bring joy to us, I wonder if we really found it. It didn't come with the set of rules. Why? Because Christ fulfilled them all. He said, I tell you what, okay. Through him, okay, in God, through our Lord Jesus Christ, through him, we are now God's friends again and have received reconciliation. Folks, it's one thing to declare a person legally not guilty, but it's another thing to treat someone like they're not guilty. God doesn't just declare you not guilty. He treats you as though anything in your past is done. Amen. He treats you as not guilty. See, that's what this reconciliation is. That's what having peace with God is really all about. We have been credited with the righteousness of Christ. We look forward and we're walking in a forgiven debt because of what Jesus did. Having your feet shod, tied up, laced up, having a solid foundation carry with the good news that not only am I at peace with the law of God, I'm at peace with God himself. And it had nothing to do with me. All I did was say yes. All I did, Bob, was enter that rest and then the realization came to me when the scales fell off my eyes, the realization hit me, I am at peace with God. I'm telling you folks, you're set free. Some of you in this place right now are battling over your past. You're struggling over your past. God can't forgive me for I've done X, Y, and Z. God can't forgive me because I've been here, been there, done this, done that. And I'm here to tell you, God has no recollection of anything of you beyond the cross. And because of the cross and because of Christ, you have peace with God. No more going home and like, oh God, did I do enough today? Oh God, did I read enough today? Oh God, did I pray enough today? Come out on Wednesdays, we're talking about prayer. Did I do enough? Did I read enough? Did I say enough? Did I... 
You know what his answer is, Heather? Yeah. <laughs> what more are you going to do? Are you going to do something greater than what the cross accomplished? Are you going to do something greater than what the cross accomplished? I do everything now, Bishop, just because I love my relationship with him and I'm just drawn to him. And when I get drawn to him and in the light of him, I thought, ooh, I, I, I could do without this in my life. I could do without this thing in my life. This thing's harming me. This thing's not helping me and my wife. And so what do I do is I lay aside the weight. I'm laying aside the weight that does easily beset me. Why? Because I'm drawing closer to him. And in his light, it reveals the things that I need to lay off. I say it like this all the time. You know why I don't cheat on Dee? Besides, she's so hot. <laughs> you know why I don't cheat on her? Because my love for her is so great that anything that would get in, in, in this relationship, I want to get rid of it. Man, if we just love God that much, that when we say anything that would get between this relationship, here, take it all. Whatever it is, just take it. I'll give it anything. I'll, anything, anything, anything. I lay it all aside. Read you a last quote here and we're going to dunk some folks. <laughs> Tony Campolo, if you've never heard of uh, Tony Campolo, Paulo, however you want to say his name. I read a quote of his this past week. I said, one day in heaven we will stand before God and the books will be opened. And he will turn to the page with our name on it to read everything that we have done. But the reading in the ears of all who hear it are just the works of Christ. And he said, it. and if someone stands up and says that he never did, he never did any of that. God will turn around and say, because I'm not reading his story, her story. I'm reading his story. Because in his story, we were already crucified. We're already dead. We're already resurrected. We're already buried. We've already been seated in the thrones of heaven. In his story, all the things of my past, Sandy, have faded way off. And so now God only sees me in the light of the cross. And so it's become my sure foundation. I have peace with God. And it had nothing to do with me. Now, here's a, here's, a, here's a kicker. You ready? We're going to do one exercise before we take a quick break while I change clothes and whoever's getting baptized change clothes. I want you to close your eyes real quick. And I'm going to do something I tell you to never do. Is that okay? I want you to think of the worst time in your life. The worst thing you did, 
the person you did it with even. And I want you to look around. I want you to notice something. Whether you realize it or not, while you were still in the middle of that mess, Christ had already died for you and brought you in and had made you at peace with him. Now, from the depths of who you are, and with, when I count to three, we're going to do something. You say, well, Pastor, you never do stuff like this. I know. When I count to three, Ron encouraged you to make declarations over yourself all morning during worship. We're going to make one today. When I count to three, I want you just to declare over your own self, real loud, I am at peace with God. Then you wrote a song, it is well with my soul, it is well, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. One, two, three. I am at peace with. God. Nothing more to do. <laughs> Nothing more to do is make that declaration over yourself. But you don't know me. I don't have to know you. I know him. And Becky, it's because of him. Everything is because of him. You're at peace with God. Amen. Amen. 